Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we've got different weather pictures that are unfolding this morning around the state of Wisconsin. South central Wisconsin picked up some rain and thunderstorms this morning. The rest of the state basically dry. How you doing, everybody? Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee. Glad to be back along with you. Thank you to everybody that caught up with us during the Wisconsin Sheep and Wolf Festival that happened over the weekend at uh, the Jefferson County Fair Park. It was a wonderful opportunity to see folks and uh, catch up on what you've been up to. Now, a lot of folks are full frontal facing the harvest. Uh, the corn silage harvest is definitely peeling off real quick, except for those areas, like I said, that might have picked up rain. So if we take a look at the lacrosse area this morning, you're looking at a dry Monday on the way. It looks like daytime highs today, probably right around 77 degrees. Eau Claire, you're starting off this morning with some overcast skies. Going to stay cloudy for you. Daytime highs today expected to be right around 77. In the Madison area, we had some uh, thunderstorms that were pretty heavy, brought some rain this morning, so fields are going to have to dry out. Still, we'll see some partly sunny skies today. 74 are expected high. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and youth scholarship benefits. Farm First Dairy Co-op. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. Now, when I think of Alaska, I think of a rough and frozen terrain. So it's hard for me to imagine fresh green produce coming out of the ground. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Bob, those of us who've never been to Alaska may not know that it's a viable industry up there. It is a very viable industry up there, Stephanie. That is for sure. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. But remember, in Alaska, in the summertime, 24 hours of sunlight. And they do have, of course, uh, permafrost, but they still have fertile soil to grow crops. We visited with Janet Dinwiddie at Pioneer Peak Farm, a 270-acre vegetable and fruit-growing operation that sits under the beautiful Pioneer Peak that's snow-covered all year long, the most beautiful setting in the world for raising crops. And she told us her family has been farming this land for over 40 years now. And uh, they have a lot of folks that come from a long way away. And they've got community-supported agriculture there. And it's a very profitable operation for them as they've been growing crops 
as we said, it's a different way to grow crops in Alaska. Well, we came here about 45 years ago, my family did, and we helped to um, continue to run agriculture in the Matanuska Valley. One of the things that we have to focus on a lot, like you mentioned, is diversity. Um, you don't really get one staple crop like you do down in the States very often, um, like a soybean or a corn crop that goes for thousands or hundreds of acres, um, mostly due to our lack of ability to export. So most of the time we have to have diverse crops because one crop is too much abundance for for our area, even though crops grow really well, it's just too expensive to export it. So what do you do and how much land do you have here and how good is this land? <laughs> it's Well, we think it's the best land, but we're a little biased. Um, we run a U-Pick operation that's about 277 acres and we grow about 30 different types of vegetables, just about anything you can think of except for sweet potatoes because it's not quite hot enough for that. Um, but we run this U-Pick operation where people can come out and they pick what they want. We're able to sell it for cheaper than the stores because we don't have to process it and pack it. But we are able to supply fresh vegetables at a reasonable price for them. We also do CSA boxes where people can get subscriptions and we drop those to about six different locations throughout the state once a week. How far will people come to get these vegetables? <laughs> well, they come quite far. Um, most of the people that we serve are within our local communities, around 45 minutes to an hour away. Um, but there are people who come quite quite a distance. They'll come down from Fairbanks, a couple, five, six hours, or up from Seward to get their vegetables for the year um, to store up for the winter. And it's an interesting story of how this farm actually got started. Your dad in the food business, but what did he do to get this farm started? Well, actually, originally what brought us here back in the 70s was the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints purchased the property, and they asked my dad to be a steward for the farm in the summertime. So it wasn't a pain situation. It was just um, they asked him to manage it and watch over it. Um, but he was a professor of nutrition and dietetics at the university, and so he had had some agriculture and some food experience in his background. Um, and then within a couple years, the church decided to discontinue their program and not run it anymore. And so my father took over at that point and started running it as a U-Pick operation for our family about 45 years ago. Now you're pretty much running the operation. So what's your growing season about? We know the long days, but we know the short season. What season, what kind of advantages and challenges does that provide? Well, the long days allow us to grow things that may not necessarily grow, and they grow faster so that we can grow within our short season. Our season is about 100 frost-free days, and so that gives us the opportunity to grow things. Um, it's like a convection oven with the long daylight hours. Sometimes it's light all night in June and July. Um, so that gives us an advantage in that part. Um, the challenges that proposes for us is that um, things sometimes grow too fast, or if they have too much heat, um, they are really designed more of a cold cold weather or cold crop situation. And so if they get too much heat, they'll grow too fast and go to seed before we can harvest them. And one of the things we have to do down in the, in the lower 48 around Wisconsin, of course, is to plant in the spring and then harvest as we get to the end of summer. You don't do that. You, you're in there planting all the time and harvesting all the time, aren't you? Seems like we always are. <laughs> when we put in the last planting for the year, it's kind of a big relief. But we plant every two weeks um, for four or five different plantings so that we'll have vegetables throughout. Um, and then we kind of wrap up. Um, we don't plant anything after about the third week of August, um, but we will start to harvest um, things like seed potatoes and stuff at the beginning of September. But we, we pretty much close things down for good October 1st. Um, but the frost usually kind of gets us before then for those, those more fragile crops. What are some crops that are challenges to grow or just things that will not work here? 
Well, besides the sweet potatoes, anything that takes a lot of extra heat doesn't do really well here um, without using extra methods. So things like squashes, onions, um, things like that that take hotter weather, we generally have to trick them through other means such as um, methods of growing with IRT plastic, um, other plastic mulch methods, high tunnels, um, hydroponics or greenhouses. Um, most of the things that you'll find like tomatoes and cucumbers are a greenhouse item. Um, so you just kind of have to focus on the different methodologies you can use to make it grow. And I know you told our group one of the challenges, a labor force with this COVID situation and just general labor. What kind of challenges have you had and how have you overcome it? Well, getting good labor is always probably one of our biggest challenges. Um, we have uh, mostly the university students and the high school students to pull from as a labor force. And so that is something that we are constantly trying to find good workers and then hold on to good workers. And then of course with COVID that's been really challenging just because people don't really want to work. Um, as the years have gone on, kids really don't know how to work and so we're also spending an exorbitant amount of time teaching them just even how to work or the methods of working. Um, but one of the things that we have worked towards and we're really excited to launch is um, we have spoken to the universities down in the states and we are launching some internship programs where college students, um, specifically ag students, can get credit through their university by coming up here and working for us for the summer as an intern. So they get not only money for their schooling but they also can get internship credit for towards their degrees. And you've really jumped into this program with both feet. As you told me, if they want to do research projects, you'll give them some acreage to do all that. What kind of things do you hope they'll take advantage of? And what are the professors said? I would imagine some of these uh, schools, ag schools, have to be excited as can be. Absolutely. And if anyone is listening, we'd love to work with you. But um, we're really excited because we have the land up here to work with, and we're constantly always looking for newer methods, um, the newest research, the newest technology. So to offer these um, students a chance to perhaps use some land to do their own research or do their own um, um, working on their own projects that they've maybe dedicated to or want to to start um, is really kind of not only helping them, but hopefully in the long run might be able to help us as well. And at the local level, I know you alluded to it a little bit, but the FFA chapters, I would think for proficiency programs and SAEs, a lot of opportunity here for that too. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot of FFA students here, um, and they um, they work at a lot of the farms around here. Um, we also have the wonderful opportunity to have an education center on our property, and so we do a lot of teaching both to FFA, 4-Hers, um, a lot of just the regular schools and the professors who are interested in stuff like that as well. And this year in the lower 48, of course, the weather has been a, a challenge in many parts. We've been blessed in Wisconsin to have really a good growing season. What has it been like here, and how much will it vary from year to year, your weather? Oh, it's extreme. You know, farming is a gamble anywhere. Farming in Alaska is psychotic. I'm not sure why we do it sometimes. But um, the, the weather here has been really on the cool side this year, um, but not necessarily rainy. So we've only had a handful of rainy days. People think it's rained a lot only because it hasn't been hot a lot. Um, but we have had some fluctuations between, you know, it'll be 85 one day and 55 the next. And so we've had some wild swings, which aren't unheard of up here, but um, it seems more so. So it's been kind of cool. Things are really late coming on and you just kind of hope for an Indian summer so we can still get some sim coming on. Even with an Indian summer how late will the season go because your Indian summer I don't think is going to be quite as long <laughs> as ours. 
<laughs> no, um, we usually count ourselves pretty lucky if we can go into September sometime. Um, the first frost typically comes around the first week of September, but um, sometimes we'll get hit with a frost and then it'll it'll be warmed up for the next three weeks. So we we kind of shoot for saying that we shut down about August or uh, excuse me October first. But um, the reality is, is most things kind of stop growing well before then. We wrap up usually at the end of um, September with our big harvest festival, and then we just kind of sleep because <laughs> we haven't slept up to that point. Time to hibernate in Alaska. <laughs> Pioneer Peak Farm in the Matanuska Valley, the Palmer area. Janet Dinwiddie with us with her dad and her family running the operation, and uh, hopefully winter's not too cold. I hope not. <laughs> All right. Again, Janet Dinwiddie here in the Palmer area of Alaska. I'm Bob Bosold. What weather is in store for the Midwest today? Stay tuned as ag meteorologist Stu Muck gives you the latest forecast in just moments right here on the Midwest Farm Report. At Tom's Auto Center, we're known for being up front with our auto repairs. And name brand new tires. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Goodyear, Firestone, Brigstone, Michelin, BF Goodrich, Continental, and Kelly Tires. We carry and install them all. When you need new tires, Tom's Auto Center will make sure you leave happy. Tom's Auto Center. Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Landscape Envy, that's what you create when you add Kalani Wash decorative stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we had all kinds of different weather-related items when we started the show this morning. Everything from uh, some severe storms that were moving through south-central Wisconsin. Pretty dry elsewhere. It is time for your Monday Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. And I think I'm going to have to reach out to my Department of Natural Resources buddies and Caution them about the uh, odor ordinance in Brown County after the Packers stunk it up yesterday. That was uh, the beginning of what turned out to be an interesting Sunday afternoon. Uh, the storms that came through south-central Wisconsin, too, kind of isolated compared to our entire audience, but it did bring some measurable rain. 
Oh, yeah, right in the far southern part of the state. I see uh, Madison officially at 8,500 seven-inch now. Uh, Johnson Creek, just in Jefferson County, an inch and 1,600s. Haven't gotten that uh, actual Milwaukee uh, report, but they had some pretty heavy rains there early this morning. Well, here's Oconomowoc just popped in, 9,500s of an inch. So especially in that south-central, southeast part of the state, there's a front just lingering off to our south. It's going to play a big effect today and into tomorrow. Uh, the front's off to the south, lying from northern Indiana back towards southern Iowa and even into Kansas. It will push north as a warm front today. Some showers out ahead of that in northeast parts of Iowa, southeast Minnesota, La Crosse, some of you having a few sprinkles, even Boston. A little sprinkly stuff here happening this morning. But that front pushes up further north. More rain, especially that chance, more likely in southern Wisconsin as we head on toward a bit later today or into the evening hours. Low pressure builds in from the west, pulls the western part of that front up as a cool front. That pulls through into the day tomorrow. Still some chance of a shower or a storm, even uh, as we look at Tuesday, especially in southern and eastern Wisconsin Tuesday afternoon as that front clears through. And then we do dry it out, at least for a short time. But before that all happens... Uh, even in western Wisconsin, La Crosse could see some quarter-to-half-inch amounts of rain. It will be heavier in the east and south, if not yet late today or tonight, certainly a little later on into Tuesday. Temperatures staying a lot more like normal here this week. Mid-70s are normal highs. That's where we're going to be. A up a degree here, down a degree there, but nothing drastic. I'll have forecast details right after this. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Brought to you by Cleary Building Corp. Built with pride before the shamrocks applied. Visit clearybuilding.com to explore their buildings. Equity Livestock Cooperative. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau is celebrating 100 years as the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at WFBF.com. Alrighty, Stu, let's have some more details, not just for today, but give us the front part of this week. Well, it's the one to watch. The Compure Financial Ag Weather Update does include that morning shower and storm activity, uh, both in the west and the southeast part of the state. It will end for a time. Mostly cloudy south, partly sunny over in the west, La Crosse to Boston, Eau Claire, a little brighter, no doubt there at all. Temps today mid-70s and east winds about 5 to 10. It's overnight that some showers and storms build in as that front's pushing north and the low-pressure system edges in. Look for nighttime lows in the low and mid-60s, east winds at 5 to 10. And then uh, Tuesday, partly sunny skies. Some scattered showers could roll through in the western part of the state early in the day, more likely in the east and south later, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. Uh, still in the mid-70s, winds will become more northwest through the day at about 5 to 10. Wednesday, sunny skies, mid-70s, 75, 76, north winds at 5. A little warmer Thursday, some low 80s, Pam, and uh, maybe a small rain chance toward late Friday or Friday night. 
Rainfall-wise, like I say, a quarter inch, maybe a half inch, Eau Claire, uh, La Crosse, Mauston, everybody else pushing up into that half or three-quarter, and Madison and further east could be over an inch yet again as we make our way through Tuesday. Oh, yikes. All right, good enough, Stu. Appreciate it. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. All right, see you then. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details you're looking for. And, of course, that's not the kind of forecast for a lot of folks that are already started on the corn silage. And, you know, our vegetable producers, they're harvesting as well. Your Compere Financial Ag Weather Update this morning. Remember, Compere Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. You can visit Compere.com. And don't forget about our... Rainfall Talk Text Line, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home, receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. On August 25, 2021, the Madison Police Department was contacted by a Wisconsin resident living outside of Dane County. The reporting party told MPD that they received a call from a 608 area code. The caller identified himself as a fundraiser working on behalf of MPD collecting money for injured officers. When reporting the incident, the reporting party said they did not provide any money to the caller and that the caller hung up when the reporting party told them they were uncomfortable with the call. MPD is not involved in any telephone-based fundraising efforts and will not attempt to collect funds over the phone for any reason. MPD would like to remind residents to be extremely cautious of providing funds to anyone over the phone. Never provide funds in the form of gift cards and contact your local police department if you're suspicious of a call you have received. If you have any information regarding similar calls, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. What's the one thing that can ruin any fishing trip? Not having a boat. 
Lucky for you, Mad City Power Sports has a great selection of 2021 boats in stock. You'll find incredible deals on America's number one selling fishing boat, Tracker. Like Bass Trackers, starting at $14,120. do not get left out on the shore this year. Get out to Mad City Power Sports off the interstate into forest today. MadCityPowerSports.com. Prairie Exteriors does excellent work with metal roofing. He's got the best computerized bending tools for the metal. Saves me a lot of money because he does that. He has the ability to bend it right there on the job. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. Good people. PrairieExteriors.com. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, where we can help you finance your new home and help grow your business. We listen to your goals, then offer solutions that simplify complex financial matters. We'll show you how easy it can be to get things done. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, check the grill. The game's coming on. It's time to turn those Johnson Sausage Brats. And what a deal. You buy five packages at $6 each, and you get a package free. Pick up burgers, roasts, chops, and Wisconsin's finest cheese at Johnson's Sausage Shop in Ryle. They're perfect for cooking out or eating in. Add your favorite beer, wines, or liquor, and eat deliciously. See johnsonsausage.com. Brats are ready. Johnson's Sausage Shop in Ryle. There it is, Barry Richter, the Badger hockey legend. Right. Here, the Foo Fighters played in the background. My man, a little Everlong, Bear. What the hell are the Badgers going to do to replace Cole Caulfield? They got to come back and win that big yep. again, baby. Yep. So, uh, you know, I was talking to Coach Strobel because I knew I was going to hop on here, and he's been everywhere. He's been recruiting a lot, as you guys know. He's he was in Penticton, British Columbia, trying to trying to look at uh, some BCHL guys in the British Columbia Hockey League. What a life. So they're getting geared up, you know, and they're very restricted on how many hours they can practice. It's crazy. I think the NCAA doesn't understand that hockey's a a sport that you got to sort of have repetition because it's it's on ice. It's a totally different type of thing. But uh, they are uh, heading into the season, like you say, they have lost a lot of scoring. So they got to have that. They got to get And they're going to have scoring by committee is what's going to happen. They're going to have four solid lines. They're going to be gritty. Strobes loves the culture that's going on in the locker room, and they're Dude, building it right now. And so it's, it's Strobes, I mean, you know, you've been friends with Strobes for a long time. Uh, I'm just, you know, a couple of years now in a friendship with Strobes. That dude is the ultimate motivator. Like, I would love yeah. to, whatever culture he brings, I want a part well, of it. Well, you could also tell when you're, you're talking about the culture inside the program, you can tell that with just talking to Strobel on air and off air. Yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's, he's the same. He, he was... How he felt about the team a few years ago versus last year, you could tell was a little different. Yeah, you're right. You guys picked it up, and uh, and now they've uh, 
like like I said, they've lost a lot of scoring. You had Caulfield leave, Ty Pelton Weiss, Linus Weisbach. I mean, a ton of scoring has left. But once again, guys get older. Everyone gets older. And then we have three uh, three very, very old guys because of COVID protocols are coming <laughs> yeah, back. So right? you have Josh S., you have Inamoto that's coming back, and then Tarek Baker. So these guys who was the captain. So when you have guys that are 23, 24, you know, I think Strobes is looking at this team, and, and, as I, and as you talk about it, maybe they're sort of like that older team, and those older teams have success. So they have a uh, – you know, they're playing an exhibition game against Minnesota Duluth, uh, I believe, on October 3rd up in uh, Chippewa Falls, I believe. That's already there less than a month. Yeah. I know. Season, so, season underway, what, October 8th at Michigan yep, Tech? Yep, and at Michigan Tech. And so and then it just starts right into it. But he, he feels really strong that uh, he's enjoying the time practicing, getting to know the kids. They wanted to start fast uh, in terms of when they have that time together So because they're so limited. And so, and they have three really good goaltenders. So it's uh, Cameron Rowe is going to probably get the first start in Nets, and but you know you have a couple uh, others right behind him. We got Garrity behind him, and then uh, I think another uh, freshman or, or transfer in the transfer protocol, Jared Mole, that came from Minnesota. Oh, nice. So, uh, which is really weird. I don't know if you guys have been talking about this. This transfer uh, portal is like you're basically a general manager of a professional team. Yeah, I know. You know? Strobes was kind of like talking about it last year of how it's like. Yeah, like your general manager now is pretty crazy. Yeah, so you'd always got you know you, you you get the notifications and then you got to get on the phone and start talking <laughs> to kids and try to recruit. They're them. replacing a ton, of, a ton of scoring, like you were mentioning. They are having some guys come back, but you were just talking about how Strobel was in Canada recruiting or at least scouting. How has that been for them? I know yeah. you've you've been in yeah. Canada with, with like the Strobel's younger on. kids, right? How is how much more difficult is that with? Canadian restrictions and COVID. Yeah, do you guys got to pay yeah. off like the border agents to get well, in? Well, I think or what? They, they open it up, and so you know, I didn't even ask him about that, but I knew, I do know they opened uh, the border. Strobes up. could talk to, his way in anywhere. Though. Yeah, he probably could. He, <laughs> yeah, he probably took the he's, bush, he's, bush plan across the across yeah. the border. So like, don't worry about it, boys. I'm, I'm good. I'm he's good. probably recruiting the kids that were out playing on the lakes last winter while they're getting handcuffed for being out. He's like, hey, that's the guy I'm recruiting. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. bring him up. Yeah. Um, so, Bear, I'm looking at the schedule here. I mean, they obviously open up against uh, Michigan Tech here October. I can't believe October. Eighth, the season gets underway. This yeah, is that's great. I know, I know. That's why I'm. That's why I wanted to stop by and say hello to you, boys. I know. Uh, well, every Wednesday, right? I mean, we're we're back in, right? Every Wednesday, we doing this thing. Yep, yep, we are for sure. We're doing that, man. Mm, I love yeah. it. And then Army. Army, yeah, that's sort of a, that's sort of a fun little uh, weekend for because uh, the football team is playing Army that weekend. Oh, so yeah. So then, so Army, the it's a big Army weekend, and uh, you know there'll be some. It'll be, uh, you know, they haven't played Army in like probably since the 70s in terms of hockey. I was going to say, so. like, when I think Army, I don't think uh, I didn't hockey. know they had a hockey team. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I knew so. Navy had a hockey team in Air Force. Bear, who's the most random team you played in your, your hockey days for the Badgers? We played against uh, Alabama Huntsville. What? Yeah, that's a, there's a there's a. Would you guys beat them like thirty to nothing? It was it was point night. It was point <laughs> night that night. It was point night. That's for sure. So oh, but, that's uh, crazy. But you know, I mean, it's uh, you know, Michigan's gonna be tough. Yep. Uh, Michigan's gonna be tough. I believe. Can the Badgers have. repeat this year? For winning the It'll, Big Ten, you know they can. They can repeat. I, it, Michigan has, like I said, and I think Michigan is picked to probably win the win the Big Ten. They have maybe three to four first rounders. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, if you're one of the farms that's been working to try to continue with the corn silage harvest around the state, take heart. It looks like the rain that we picked up primarily in south-central Wisconsin and even southeastern Wisconsin yesterday, probably nothing but a distant memory. So as quick as those fields dry up, 
You'll be back out there again today. Looks like we'll see some partly cloudy skies. Temperatures in the mid to upper 70s today. Tomorrow, another overcast day. Temperatures into the 80s. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. So today is the 13th day of September. Not a lot of big, notable items that I could find for you this morning. This one's a little interesting. On this day in 1974, the French ambassador was kidnapped in The Hague. Three members of what was called the Japanese Red Army, which was a communist militant group that was formed in Lebanon, stormed the French embassy on this day in 1974 and took 10 hostages, including the French ambassador. It was all resolved after their demands were met to basically give them a release of another Japanese Red Army member, cash, and a plane. They gave that all to them. I don't know if they were ever caught, but I know that they uh, apparently released those hostages on this day back in 1974. On this day in 1899, the first recorded automobile fatality happened. Henry Bliss was struck by a taxi cab while he crossed the street in New York City, and he died the next day because of his injuries. The first automobile fatality on this day in 1899. And now you know. Well, you may already know that yesterday concluded a successful Wisconsin Sheep and Wool Festival for 2021 at the Jefferson County Fair Park in Jefferson. Both Aaron and Stephanie made time in their weekend to visit with exhibitors and those folks that were on hand trying to learn more not only about sheep breeds, but also the wool art side of the industry, which has seen a popularity surge in light of the pandemic. Kevin Kitchen is one of those sheep exhibitors that is experiencing a whole lot of interest in his lambs and the fleece that they produce. He's got a flack of border lesser lambs in uh, Augusta at Woolly Rose Sheep, his farming operation. And he said, uh, it's been interesting to watch how people are interested not only in the fleece, but the lambs as well. Uh, yeah, so we've been raising club lambs and uh, border lester type uh, wool sheep for the last uh, 15 years. Uh, we just got uh, kind of into the club lambs in the last three, four years, but we've had borders uh, for quite a while. So that's kind of where we're hitting both sides of the industry on the wool side and on the meat side of things. Sure. Now tell me a little bit or, you know, explain to people who maybe not know the difference, you know, if to, maybe to them a sheep is a sheep. Tell us a little bit of the difference between the weather type, meat type sheep and the wool type sheep, not only just for their purpose, but, you know, maybe some differences in raising them as well. Yeah, so with our wool-type sheep, uh, actually, so we have Border Lesters, which is a dual-purpose breed where they can be used for either meat or for wool. Um, for our purpose, we're using them just for wool. We'll exhibit them in, in wool shows. Uh, so that way you are, you're raising that sheep to produce wool and to go for spinning and that kind of sort of thing. But then for our, our uh, commercial-type or weather-type sheep, that's what we're producing for you know, your market lambs where you're going to be producing meat. And then we're also exhibiting them all over, too. Sure. Now, do you find as raising sheep, is your primarily your market for show sheep or do you kind of do, you know, the production side of things as well? So we kind of do it as in like a, a dual purpose with that. So we'll take our sheep, especially our market type sheep, and show them all spring and all summer and then we'll turn them into, you know, use them for meat uh, into the fall. But for mostly ours is all breeding stock for showing. Now, you told me a little bit about that you kind of 
uh, sold a few here and are kind of rebuilding a herd. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how far some of those sheep have gone as far as to other breeders across the country. Uh, yeah, so we sold all of our brood ewes for our Border Lester breed uh, this spring. We had, we had uh, eight brood ewes that we'd sold. Uh, most of them, a couple stayed in the state of Wisconsin, but most of them went all out east. Uh, the Border Lester breed is uh, big and out in the east countries or uh, east states, so that's where they all went. We had Rhode Island. Um, most were one out there, so that's where they went. Sure. Now tell me a little bit, you know, some unique things about the Border Lester breed. Uh, yeah, so you, if you look at, you know, like your club lamb type, you got your, your wool around the legs, so the borders don't have any of that. They're just a straight hair sheep, uh, so on their legs at least. But then when they get to their wool, it's going to be more of an open type crimp, so it'll have circles, and it's more of an open fleece that um, the spinners are really looking for. So, like, down here at Sheep and Wool Festival, we'll bring uh, eight or ten, like, actual fleeces that we've sheared off of sheep in the past and exhibit them in the um, fleece show, and then we'll also have them on the auction down here. So there's a lot of buyers that come here just to be buying fleeces that they'll take home and and use in there uh, to spin with nice so now people like me obviously have watched sheep shows and seen the live show like that tell us a little bit about that wool show and kind of how that works yeah, so what it is, it's just a whole total fleece that you've sheared off a, off a sheep or a ewe or a ram or whatever it may be, and you, it's put in a bag, and then it's compared to different lots that come in the same color, the breed. Um, they'll keep the rams and the ewes fleeces separate just because they're grown a little different, um, but then they'll just exhibit them on you know crimp, on luster, and the different properties that fleeces have, and that's how they exhibit it. A lot like a live breed or a live show, but just a fleece. Well, a bright future for Wooly Rose Sheep, owned by Kevin Kitchen in Augusta, Wisconsin one of the exhibitors here at the Wisconsin Sheep and Wool Festival. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Thanks, Aaron. So glad they had a chance to enjoy a good show with good weather. Well, markets and overnight electronic trade are paying attention to the World Ag Supply demand numbers that came out last week. Right here in Wisconsin, our yields didn't change much. The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service expects that farmers will harvest an average of 172 bushel to the acre on average for corn. That's up five bushel from their August projection, but down two bushel compared to last year. Soybeans about 49 bushel to the acre on average this year, unchanged from August, but two bushel below what we produced a year ago. Right now, markets are pretty quiet in overnight trade. We've got December corn currently three cents lower at five fourteen and a half. November beans are unchanged, twelve eighty six and a half. The December wheat's down two and three quarter cents at six eighty five and three quarters. Barrel cheese was down a penny and a quarter on Friday at one forty seven and three quarters. Forty pound block cheese was up a penny and three quarters at one seventy nine. And double A butter on Friday finished the week down a half a cent at one seventy eight and a half per pound. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When's the last time you reviewed your motorcycle insurance policy? You should call Prairie Land Insurance. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009, Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our Our best best is the the very very least least we can do. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. 
nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevix for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year... We'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Landscape Envy? That's what you create when you add Kalani Wash decorative stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's time again to visit with our friends from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And of course, you know that is funded entirely by the money from our dairy farm families all across the state for research, education, and promotion. And in studio with us today, Adam Brock. He's the Director of Food Safety, Quality, and Regulatory Compliance. You know, we've had you here before, Adam, but every time I share your title, I think to imagine to myself... People wonder, well, what what is that dude doing for dairy farmers, and will I be able to listen long enough to catch it, or am I going to fall asleep before he's done? It's a complicated title, but it's really a very practical, simple matter when it comes to the value of your uh, part on staff. Yeah, Pam, the way I've I've tried to explain it to people is, yeah, it's a long title, but really what we're doing is we're helping to protect the entire brand of Wisconsin dairy, right? All the farmers have a brand processors have a brand. It's dairy, right? If Wisconsin dairy isn't seen in a positive light, if food seems unsafe or unwholesome, yeah, it's not going to the market. So our focus is entirely on helping protect, provide training and education to ensure that the milk markets stay open and there's new opportunities in the future. So tell me what you're doing behind the scenes. Some people may have had a chance to meet you in different ways uh, through your career with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, but really explain to them what's going on behind the scenes as far as program development, working with industry leaders. I mean, you do a lot of different things to, as you said, protect and maintain the integrity of Wisconsin dairy. Yeah, so Pam, there's three key things we focus on. Research, training, and then what I like to call industry relations, right? There's different meanings for that, but I'll go through each really briefly. Food safety, right? Critical. And we saw... Over the years, the importance of food safety to buying. Just yesterday, I got five emails, right? All for different product lines and recalls. You get them. You get calls from your grocery. You get calls from everybody else. We want to stay off those lists. In order to stay off those lists, we go to part two, which is education and training. We're training processors. We train farmers. We train others in the industry on basic principles to keep the product safe and high quality, and that's tied into research. We also support research with the university, with the Dairy Innovation Hub, with Center for Dairy Research. All these partners support research. And then three, the industry relations component comes in. Um, I have a counterpart that also does industry relations, but he hangs out on the other side of the world. I hang out with the scientists, techies, academics. We kind of do our own thing. 
But uh, our focus is really making sure that we're optimizing the value for our farmers, right? We don't want duplicative programs. We don't want these things. Everybody's got their specialty. We focus on it. And that comes through uh, discourse and discussion, right? That way we're not duplicating efforts. That's our goal. You know, I'm kind of going back to this element of working within the industry and maintaining integrity. Let's face it, everywhere you go today, you're seeing we're hiring. Uh, workforce labor is definitely a challenge. You are in there as kind of a bird's eye view of new employees that might be on a very important packaging line or, you know, directly involved with handling products. You're there when it comes to protocol and making sure if there's a new product line coming on board that uh, some of the details that a new manufacturer, somebody going into new areas, might not necessarily miss. And go back to your previous career in the food industry. I always like to reference that because you, you're you what I would call a stickler for details. And it started before you joined at Dairy Farms, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Yeah. So, Pam, this is one that I always like to tell people. They ask, how did you end up back in Wisconsin? Because I left for a little while. Okay. The reality is Wisconsin's great. The farmers are great. The dairy farmers are great. And I had spent a number of years on the other side, in the food service world, in the food manufacturing, R&D, QA, supply chain. I've worked at laboratory companies. I've worked at food service companies, retail. I mean, I've been all over that side of the industry, right? Uh, and honestly, in all my travels, visiting plants throughout the U.S. and Canada, I always came back to Wisconsin because Wisconsin had the best plants and farmers. I'm biased. I say it right out loud, but... After traveling through all the industry circles, beef, pork, we love them all. But when I look at Wisconsin dairy, it just hits home, right? It hits home. The people care, and they're willing to help each other out. Adam Brock is in studio with us from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. He's their director of food safety, quality, and regulatory compliance. And let's take a deeper dive on that. You mentioned about how uh, every day you're being alerted to recalls across the United States, Canada, whatever, on different companies. We don't want to be on that list. And create the scenario for us, Adam, how quickly things can change if you don't watch your P's and Q's every day. One bad mistake, one situation can literally devastate an industry in less than 24 hours' time if we're not vigilant. So I'll I'll go back to a story. There was a number of years ago in my past life where there was a recall of a dairy product, okay? And... The company I was at didn't even source this dairy product, but we had a similar product on our product line. Um, the whole industry was terrified. Uh, it was, it was, and I guess I can go back to it. It was a yellow cheese. And if you had yellow cheese anywhere on your products, this massive recall really impacted the industry. Purchasing went down. Consumer calls went up. I was getting complaint calls daily. You know, people concerned about products. So whenever these things happen, right, think about it now. Let's jump a little bit further. Right now, there's a lot of questions about lettuce. Who's gone into the store and seen all their lettuce pulled on the packaging, right, or all the pegboards? It's something that consumers are worried about. So the best way to avoid this is stay off the list. And we can work with processors and farmers and others in the industry, and we talk about this. How do we stay off this list? And it all comes down to education, research, training, and making sure we're ahead, ahead of the game. Well, and you mentioned research. We have a state-of-the-art 
one, one only in the world at the Center for Dairy Research. And that is funded in part by our dairy farmer dollars, dairy checkoff dollars through the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Uh, Babcock Hall Center for Dairy Research. Let's talk about what's going on down there and why it is so critical to that mission of keeping us off that recall list and making sure whenever a new product, and a lot of farms are coming up with new products all the time, they've got great ideas, but making sure those products are safe handled properly, and continue to enhance the image of Wisconsin dairy. How does this all play together? So there's a couple important components. When you look at Center for Dairy Research, they have focused a lot historically on areas such as product development, safety, master cheesemaker program, always with an emphasis on elevating the dairy products. Uh, Sometimes people get confused as to how to approach them, right? Uh, I've met on my travels a number of farmers who have utilized them, for product launches. You've got the vision, and that's where you have to start. But we are out here to help. So it's possible. Like, don't count it out, but get some help. Because what happens sometimes, not necessarily in Wisconsin, but what we have seen in some states um, is sometimes if you launch that product without doing the proper protocol, your product could fail, or it becomes a food safety issue, and then that hurts the whole industry. And that's what we don't want. You only get one chance at first impressions. Uh, John, uh, Adam Brock's in studio with us. So let's talk also about what's happening to enhance the future of that dairy product discussion, uh, inter- intervention, and uh, interaction in the dairy industry in Wisconsin. Center for Dairy Research undergoing a pretty major enhancement for their facilities. I don't want to hand out dates yet, but I'm saying... I've been to the building. We're ready to go. There's some details that need to be uh, finalized, like all buildings, right? You get it. You know, farmers get it too, right? You're putting up a new barn. You're adding new equipment. There's little itty-bitty things. You don't want to get to the last 10% and run into an issue. So we're right there. Uh, There will be essentially three floors, um, and, and I want you to think about it this way. There's a training area and an applications lab, and that simply means education and then opportunities to try out products, right? So if somebody develops a product, you can do a sensory lab or have people test out the product. Uh, there's a second floor, which is fully devoted to cheese making and cheese aging. And then a third floor will be additional dairy ingredients, things like dairy proteins, yogurt, and beverages and other fermented products uh, that are based in dairy. So really, that's where there's a lot of growth, and that's why we looked at the long-term the industry looked at the long-term investment and said, we also need to look at this. So there's it, there's a lot of excitement, and you'll learn more in the future. We're just, be, we're just glad to get to this point now. It's been a long time coming. It's true. It's true. All of us that have been watching this development are thrilled to think that this could be our year, at least to get uh, some foot in the door, quite literally. Adam Brock, our guest today, he is the Director of Food Safety, Quality, and Regulatory Compliance for the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. The bottom line, making sure that Wisconsin's dairy integrity is maintained and protected. And you can think about that every time you see the proudly Wisconsin cheese badge, for example, demonstrating that dedication to quality and integrity and all of our licensed cheesemakers that go through the educational and training to make sure that those products are trusted, not just in Wisconsin, not just in the United States, but around the world. Want to find out more? Go to wisconsindairy.org or, of course, America's Dairyland on social media. That's our message from our friends at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Sign up for daily agriculture updates.